Today's bonus track is a really fun one, 10 Minutes with Ricky Lee Jones. And for those of you who are longtime listeners to The Record Player, you might remember that early on we had Steve Poltz on to talk about his love for Ricky's album Pirates. If you missed that episode, dig that one out. We had a really fun chat. Ricky Lee Jones has reunited with producer Russ Teitelman, who produced her first two records, including Pirates, for a new album called Pieces of Treasure, which is going to be available wherever you buy music on April 28th. The record finds her interpreting songs from the Great American Songbook, and she's released three songs from the album so far to preview the upcoming collection. I'll link to more information about the new record in the description for this episode. Ricky has some live gigs coming up, including one at Birdland in New York City, which is going to be live streamed on April 7th. And you can visit flymachine.com forward slash events to sign up for access to the gig, which we discussed during our chat today. Here's my conversation with Ricky Lee Jones. And for all of the latest happenings, make sure to visit her website at rickyleejones.com. Hey, Ricky, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. I've been doing these interviews all morning, but I'm holding up. <laughs> I tell you what, uh, having not had an opportunity to see you here in Cleveland in a while, uh, I am absolutely thrilled uh, that you're live streaming one of your shows here at Birdland uh, on April 7th. That's going to be uh, a, a gift for folks like us that haven't had a chance to see you in a, in a little bit. Thank you. Cause I don't always get to Cleveland. You know, my family, my mother is from down in Southern Ohio, so I always like to try to get there. But um, I think Birdland will be a good place to watch this music unfold. Well, I want to start and hear how this new record, Pieces of Treasure, came to be, because the record as a whole, um, it's like a period piece. It just seems like it must have been so much fun to go back in time and submerge yourself in these songs. <laughs> you know, that is one way to look at it. In my case, these songs are a part of me, so I, I don't really have to look over my shoulder or go anywhere. Sure. Um, jazz is yeah, jazz is is current for me. Um, but the record does evoke the classic work of the 1950s. Um, I don't know how we did that, but, but we found our own place in that old setting. Or else we made that setting new. I'm not sure. Well, Russ Teitelman wanted to do a jazz record, and jazz is, for the most part, you know, those old songs. There's probably some cool new ones, but but we like the old the old ones. So we made lists, we shared lists, we um worked out keys and this was what we came up with, these songs. Some of them I have a long relationship like uh let's see, September Song is a song that my dad taught me when I was very young, as well as Nature Boy. Wow. There was a boy, a very strange, enchanted boy. My dad uh, singing that to me. And um, so, uh, and then a couple of them I didn't know, like Here's That Rainy Day, um, which turned out really beautiful as well, I think. My dad passed recently, and he was, uh, so I've had a lot of music going because, like, he was very supportive of music. Um, and, what you're saying about your dad and just the way you started singing like that, it seems like your dad must have been pretty supportive of what you were doing musically. But what did that look like? How supportive of what, uh, was he of you know your desire to go down yeah. the musical road? 
Well, my grandfather was a vaudevillian. My dad was a singer. He would have liked to have been a professional musician or actor. He went to the studied acting at the Pasadena Playhouse. So my family was not just supportive of being an artist. That was really the greatest thing that you might do if you were able to do it. Um, so I got that. I got that extra push and and accolades and uh, and love, you know, attention, because I could sing. Yeah. So my father, um, who seemed to be gone a lot, Hmm. But, but when he came home, he, uh, you know, he went, hey, the kid can sing. And then <laughs> spent a lot of time teaching me stuff. <laughs> that's fantastic. I think that's really the power of music is like, you know, when you, as you kind of mentioned, like when you do certain songs, like you do just have these songs that are just embedded in your own personal history. And it really is something like what you mentioned with September song and some of the other stuff on this record. Like it's something how music just has the power to kind of draw something out in all of us when we hear it. And I don't know how much that was the case with this record, Ricky, but like sometimes these are, you know, you'll hear a song as you know, and it's like, these are memories that have been like buried for a long time that they're immediately right there on the surface when you hear a particular song. That's exactly, that's exactly true. That's exactly right. And um, I think that it's quite profound for, for an audience as well. You know? Sure. I, I, I've come to learn that what goes down on the tape is something more than just the sound of your voice. It's, and it really is true. It, it's kind of your intention, the quality of what you're feeling, the quality of what you are also goes into the thing. And when people hear it, they don't just hear your voice, they hear something else. And that, and in that depth, because I guess that's what sound is, I just don't know yet, but, but there is a magical thing going on. And in that depth, people have powerful experiences as they listen. You know, maybe somebody would say, eh, it's just your brain making connections. It didn't, but it, it feels to me like it's something else that we haven't learned to define yet. How much of this album will you get a chance to play um, during these upcoming live shows? And I guess I was also curious, the, the guys that you made this record with uh, that Russ kind of helped to corral, will they be part of these shows or who are you going to be playing with? Yeah. I'll be doing all of the album on the live stream. Cool. And then I'll be adding a couple of jazz songs from, you know, my career. And maybe a tune or two of mine. Maybe my dad's song. Or we'll see. I'm still... Uh, and I'll do something different every every show. But um, the totality of this work is probably 35 minutes, maybe 40. So... Um, yeah, maybe we'll do up the lazy river or on the street where you live. Uh, we'll see what comes out. And Daddy's song is "The Moon Is Made of Gold," and that's a that's a beauty as well. So, yeah, that's so cool. And it seems like the process of what you've been doing with albums like this new one, "Pieces of Treasure," plus like some of the prior stuff like "Kicks" and "The Devil You Know," it seems like that's all been pretty creatively inspiring for you at times. I wondered, like. What does kind of your writing process look like these days? Like, how much are you still writing? Yeah, yeah. I'm writing all the time. Cool. You know, uh, it's a little different than when I was younger, where I, 
I wouldn't write at all. And then, you know, it kind of explode with songs. But I'm writing all the song all, all the time. I have this iPhone, you know, so I can put ideas down in there. And uh, I have been working on a song or two for two or three years. And by working on them, I mean I keep playing them. I keep loving them. They don't die. Um, they are existing already. All I have to do is finish them. Songs to me are like a cross between a house and a living animal. And we bring, the, we manifest them, you know. And if I start a song and then can't remember it, and in six months it, it no longer means much, then I just wasn't able to bring it. But all these songs I started a couple of years ago, they're all still waiting. And one is called Patience and Kindness. I wrote it on the banjo. That is a good song. <laughs> and it's a wide variety of um of ideas. So once I finish them, I'll decide if I want to use them to create a piece of theater. And if I do that, then they probably won't come out as an album. Um, and I've always wanted to do some theater. Uh, if I don't do that, then then there'll be another Ricky album next. But if I if I want to go into theater, which I've all, I think I said that, but I'll say it again. <laughs> I want to go into theater. Um, if I do that, then maybe we'll be able to put out another New Orleans jazz record, a, a little more stride piano or something, you know. That'd be awesome. And I love what you said in the press yeah. materials for this new record, um, talking about how in the early part of your career, like so often, people are focused on pursuing the money and the fame, all that stuff. And eventually, the right person realized that it's not about all of that. So when do you think you came to that realization for yourself? Well, it's a continuing reshaping of what your goals are and what kind of person you are. Um, but I knew from the beginning that I wasn't about the money. And um, I even, I had to push hard not to um, capsize the boat uh, uh, just, just to make the point that I wasn't about money. That's my personality. and um, So I was lucky enough to make money, you know, and most art, most singers, they don't make any money. So I was lucky enough to make it. It took a long time not to take it for granted and um, that and to understand that I'm in the business of taking my art in the marketplace. And those are three different parts of a sentence. And, and uh, that is it's a good thing. It's a, respect, a respectable thing to do. I think when you're young, you struggle with the idea that somebody's buying your art. These are all silly preoccupations, but you do need to go through it to decide if you're going to be, you know, I'm not going to make a bad comparison, but if you're going to be that guy, if you're going to be that guy. And um, I wanted to last. I and and I knew if I did certain things, my career would probably be five years, and then I'd be an oldies act, and that would have killed me. So I did what I had to do to not have so much fame, so much power, so much money, and I felt I couldn't recover to have a little bit less, so that I could go on for a lifetime. That was what I saw. I don't know if I was correct, you know, hmm. um, but that's how I did what I did. 
Well, Ricky, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Um, folks can check out the new record, Pieces of Treasure. And I do want to mention one more time, Birdland, the live stream on April 7th, flymachine.com forward slash events is how people can get in on that. And thank you so much, Ricky. This is a lot of fun. Thank you very much. Thanks for talking about, you know, my record and, and my career. I, I appreciate it. Right on. Bye-bye.